Um, did you want to speak a word over our coffee? God bless the golden bean that brought me straight to you. That's the one. Boy, it does gurgulate. You gonna be able to get enough of that? Aren't you supposed to pour water in before you turn that thing on? <laughs> First time. <laughs> Those grounds everywhere. And that's the way you make a pot of coffee. is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church, Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. you don't mind a little gotcha journalism tonight okay here we go um it's on like donkey kong yeah we're not here to play nice okay (laughs) ever to pave an easy road for you you know as well as i know that without a a vision the people perish it's in the the word it's in the bible um so tonight we're going to talk visions we're going to talk goals Mm -hmm. do some scene setting for 2020 perfect and talk plans you know me, Jeremy, and you know that this is all, this is good to me. This is I know music to my ears. Yes, I know you're a planner. Vigilant. Diligent. S- yes. So um, I believe uh, Governor Holcomb gave his state of the state last night. I heard a small piece yeah. of it. Just enough to know I didn't want to hear it all. <laughs> but he did give it. So you were probably itching to give your own, and so we provide an outlet. There's an outlet. All that said... More than one time you have said you needed your own podcast. You're a guy with thoughts. Do you yeah. speak your truth enough? <laughs> wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Why don't you answer that one for me, Jeremy? I mean, in the, are we talking about in the context of the pulpit? Do I speak it enough or just in general? Because yeah. there's two different ways a guy can approach that. You know, in an official capacity, do I speak my truth, my truth, as if there's a difference? There probably is. Are you enough? Do you know that you're enough? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I need reminded occasionally, so I play Caleb and stuff. One thing, and this is not where I was going to go for starters, but we seem to be here now you have, you have show notes it's not fair i've got a couple you have a stack um, of stuff i've got something that says um do you like program or program That's I'm, a, I'm a program for sure and I if know. i must choose it would be a program and but i know like gene fiesel you know he likes programs yes but i like to say program because i feel it sounds funnier but truth be told i would say program does that make sense? I, I'm right there with you. Like Dave Letterman would say, what's on the big program tonight, possibly? And I think, you know, maybe he said program, but I hear it in my head, program. 
But you're not even going far enough. Dave oh. Ramsey says, welcome to the program. Welcome to the program. He's got a little s, right? A little after a his so's. He's got a little extra a show. Like a show. A, it's like in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I notice that. I don't listen to Dave all the time, but it, enough. He had um, a, a, what would you say, a Sodom and Gomorrah couple call the other day. <laughs> Sodom uh, and Gomorrah couple. <laughs> yes, I see that hand. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't get many, but he got one. Yeah, sure. Well, they like to save money, too. Mm-hmm. I would assume. That's true. You know, pinching pennies is important. Did he have a, uh, was there anything else said other than just a Sodom and Gomorrah couple? I know, I believe they were married. If people are living together, he will almost always refer to the biblical stance on that. Oh, nice. But I believe they were married. Mm-hmm. So he kind of laid low on a little bit? He did, but he was very hard on them financially. Yeah. So he got his licks in. But, Good for him. Yeah. I guess. I'm planning an entire... Did he feel like if he was not to go ahead with that conversation, that like if he was to look back, he'd turn into salt, so he had to go ahead and finish his thoughts? It's like, man, if I stop here, I'm going to turn into salt. So he had to go so ahead... looking and, back. You no, know, looking back. Yeah. He had to just run towards whatever he was he was working on. I like that. Thank you. I am planning an entire Big C, Little C episode this year on gay marriage. <laughs> Would you like to be a part of that? That sounds interesting. Sounds like a short episode. Okay. <laughs> I could be mistaken. <laughs> Why do you want to ask me stuff like this? Do you know how many people already hate me because of my firm stance on Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, I'm well, a hated you... individual. I'm also a loved individual, but a hated individual. Mm-hmm. Fringe people are haters because of my firm stance, because of my truth. I was speaking my truth too often. Are you too harshly? Um, are you more or less woke than you were a year ago? Oh, well, I'm Which wide is... awake, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the word. I wish we had a real word to say. Uh, I would prefer like brainwashed. Are you more brainwashed than you were last year? Yeah. Don't you think? Isn't that kind of what well, woke is? I'm fully woke. Like, isn't I understand that. I've been sucked it down the the bunghole of reality. I don't know. Man, that coffee smells good. Well, that's chugging along mm-hmm. slowly, but I've never just sat there and like. Yeah, see, a washed pot never boils. I've been telling the kids this. They don't. They don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, I usually am referencing it when um, they're watching the clock, trying to wait for something to happen, and then of course I say a washed pot never boils. They don't boil water and. You know, they certainly wouldn't watch it. They have no respect for it whatsoever. <laughs> but you, being a man of slightly more age. Yeah, I'll be 30 this year. Right? Same. Mm-hmm. You know I'm in the second century now. Second half of the century. Yeah. Beautiful. There are uh, four people who are 50. Even, are you going to stop and say... Even five that have. <laughs> yeah, even. I, I heard you going into some King James. There are four people that are fifty. Yay, even five that go by five zero. Are you gonna? Do you have that in your show notes also? No. Okay. Here are four people who are fifty. You googled it. You dirty no, guy. I just wanted to make sure the one that I was gonna say. Okay. Gwen Stefani is fifty. Yeah, pretty impressive. Gene Feasel is fifty. I am indeed. Paul Rudd is fifty. I'm not sure I know Paul Rudd. It must be a sports guy. Uh, no, actor. Oh. Uh, is it Red or Reed? Red? Paul Rudd, Anchorman. Paul Rudd, uh, I got you now. Uh, 
he's Ant Man or something superhero. Oh, yes, yeah. sure. Fifty was also in Friends. Everybody seems younger on TV. Am I right? Jennifer Aniston is fifty. Wow. So those four people I could hold up. Yeah. Wait, wait. Got 10 years to look that good. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, certainly I'm at the bottom of that list because you've got some, as as Marilyn Manson would say, beautiful people. I guess. Well, I mean, for 50 especially, I think they're relatively... I mean, Jennifer Aniston, she's attractive. She she might actually be prettier now than... I didn't think she was all that pretty in her 30s, but at 50, she seems pretty attractive. That's what I think about you. <laughs> right? I Thank saw you. you when you were... Thank you. How kind of you. I'm, I'm like marinating over here. Getting better with age. I'm like aged beef. I remember you telling me when you were still touring that you were doing stuff for the oh. crow's feet. Yeah. And the, I gave up on that pretty short, pretty short lived though, because I'm not a man of ritual. That's very hard for me to do something I, every day. I struggle with a lot of things in the discipline area, but I do use coconut oil on my face every you, single morning. You're a moisturizer, particularly around the crow's around, feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you were. I found that the, wearing the glasses can be a, a help in that. I think it kind of, you know, disguises it a little, be a little glare. On especially, the front. Uh, I get this from my mom's side of the family. The the you have a little bag actually. Yeah, and if you find glasses that can set right there. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like just like a shadow or something. Nobody even knows. It de-ages you. Mm-hmm. That's why you'll never see me without my glasses. Never, I say. I can hear that. Very nice. So you have water to to prep for the coffee. I've got nothing over here. I'm just... Oh. I'm dry. Are you familiar with the term? No, you're not. I'm not going to say it. My mother will disapprove. I mean, it's not a bad phrase. She doesn't listen. Actually, my wife hates it. I'll just mention it, and then when she listens to this podcast, she'll, she'll know it's dry as a... Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to say the rest. Mm-hmm. I'll just wait. Leave, I'll just leave that there for her. Would you like some water? Nah, I'm good. Okay. Let's talk ACMR report. Yeah, let's. What does that stand for? Do we ever figure that out? American Civil Liberties? No, that's not it. Report. Yeah, report. Report, report are the last two Annual. Words. Church Ministries Report. That was yeah. it. Annual Church Ministries Report. And you have to do that every year. Every year. And you're sitting there clicking. It's something you have to do with the assemblies. And we give a ton to missions proportionally, right? I think we do all right. Yeah. We give them more to missions than we are to our pastor as of April. So that's good. I don't well, we actually, we always were giving more to missions. <laughs> no, no. No, we weren't. But we are now. It's mm. a good feeling. I know you indicated you hate doing that report. Oh, it's terrible. But it's a time suck. Is that the right are, word? A time suck? It's a time suck, but also is it It's a mind melt also. <laughs> well, the other thing is, you know, I don't keep records. So when they say they want the annual Christian ministers reports, you have to keep reports. Well the problem is I don't keep reports. So I'm going through the entire ACMR just winging it off the top of my head because I don't keep the numbers. But is there a penalty for poor performance? Is there a nope. No, thank goodness for it. But, I mean, of course we want to see souls saved. Well, sure. I think we do. But but those feel like stats. They actually are stats. I think they would call them stats. But the missions giving feels like fruit emanating from our body. Not not that a salvation is not fruit. No, I feel you. It, they would call them metrics. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think in even certainly giving in any capacity is some sort of metric, whether it be missions giving or or uh, just tithing or offerings, anything over and above the tithe is certainly a metric of 
people walking in obedience, I hope, or depending on where you attend your church, what church you attend, it's either a, or it's some great sweet talking on the part of leadership to, you know, to talk you into giving to whatever the big thing is that they're doing or whatever. But it could also just be a hopefully that's never happening. Hopefully this guy's presenting a great idea and people say, man, I feel like the Lord wants me to get behind this uh, and they go for it. I was talking to Daniel a few months ago about the mission trip to Mexico, and um, I think he didn't come right out and say it, but I think he thought that maybe more people would go. And um, he said, this is not a verbatim quote, but mm-hmm. loosely quoted, he said something like, you know, and then we, we knew that we were supposed to lead our church in a mission trip to Mexico, and in reality, we're not leading our church, we're leading a few people. However... I did not go. You did not go. Right. But I saw everybody come together, uh, whether it was the garage sale or the car wash or mm-hmm. the Godforsaken book sale. No. Um, but I saw a unity in our body when I think back to 2019. And it, I'm a looker back. Yeah. You're a looker ahead. <laughs> You're a looker, my friend. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, as I get older, I find myself even being more that way, like, Christmas, New Year's comes, I look back and I'm like, what did this year even mean? What, you know, yeah. how did I grow? What did we do? I don't know if you do that or not, but like, I think I do to, a little bit. As I think about current church, because I'm invested, I do a podcast. Yeah. Um, I think about that, those moments when the church came together to raise quite a bit of money for the mission trip, for the home. I believe we furnished it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Accidentally, but nonetheless, we furnished it. <laughs> and I think about when you and Paula went on sabbatical. Yeah. How I saw people step up into their gifts. Mm-hmm. And we maybe that's where we'll start because I was going to start there and then we were going to chase that. Yeah. And then we were here and now we're going to start here instead. Yeah, great. As soon as we get coffee. We're close. But I, I remember when we had you in here last year, it was right before the sabbatical. It was like one of the last things you did before sabbatical. Yeah. You know, how can we pray for you? Kind of yeah. you're, you're Well, I felt a lot for, different last year than I do right now. You were looking now. for rest. You were looking for clarity. Mm-hmm. You came back, and I think you essentially said, I got no clarity. But I know you rested. Yeah. And I know that one of the things that you did say that was a, a byproduct of the sabbatical was that people took even logistical things off of your plate during that period and did not give it back to you when you came back. Right. Now, I don't know if it's since been, been handed back to you or not, but I mean, could you even look back and, at that time period and say even that was worth it or that was what I was supposed to get out of it or seeing people step into their gifts in these areas was why that needed to happen last year? Because I felt like in a way it felt like forever and in a way it flew by and you were back. But I felt that there had been growth and there had been a maturity amongst the leadership of people, you know, walking into that and, and then raising all ships, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Well, I've heard a lot of people say that they have to be back for a, you know, kind of back in the swing of things. And I found this to be true with many areas of life. Sometimes you have to be back at it before you know if you did gain anything, yeah. if there was any value to it, right? Yeah. Um, while I was in it, I didn't feel a lot of what things it's talking to us. Now, you know what that means? I hate close. to segue, folks, but the coffee's almost ready. 
and so I, I can't I couldn't be happier right now um, in the moment in the whatever that was six weeks or maybe it was eight weeks I don't know that I felt a lot of lift or felt a lot of things changing in that moment but I did feel I certainly did get some rest part of this because you know we I really felt like we only had about two or maybe three weeks where I really didn't do anything because mm-hmm. the other rest of the time I worked outside of the church. Yeah. During so, the sabbatical. During the sabbatical. Working on writing your book, right? Working on writing my book yeah. and I was actually negotiating a deal yes. <laughs> with, uh, with a book company, with a publisher. So that didn't pan out. I was talking to Fig. He was giving me notes on where to go and how to get it done. Faisal, this is John. John one in the beginning. So, um, but now having it, having been what were we saying? Ten months, uh, about ten months probably since the start of sabbatical, or maybe even eleven. I certainly feel a lot better. Uh, you were asking if any of the things that were taken were ever given back. They really weren't, and that's probably a good thing. I think it's actually helped the the elders. I don't know if it's helped them, but it certainly has helped me. But I think now they recognize, hey, I've got a responsibility here outside of the show up. I don't know if they've ever felt that way, sure. but there is a genuine, um, you know, I've got a little bit of something to carry here. And that's been really good. You know, I haven't been counting offerings. I haven't been taking care of banking. I haven't been, this stuff seems small, but I'm not, checking the mail. I'm not paying the bills. Um, you know, I'm just basically was just a very few things. I'm not doing very much administrative things anymore, which has been really good. It's my least favorite thing to do when it comes to pastoring. And by default, I was just doing it mm-hmm. and been doing something I really don't like to do, almost hate to do. You know how most people feel when it comes to tax time? Yeah. Okay, well, imagine that feeling every single week or at least every single month you know that oh man i can't believe i have to do that and it was every week for 13 years you know so i just you just get get where you just can't really feel like you can handle it so i think one of the main questions i'm not gonna say what the question was but one of the main things i was kind of asking the lord to give me clarity on i didn't really get and i still really don't have it's still a bit of a limbo for me but emotionally I'm so much more healthy than I was a year ago and maybe spiritually too, but I'm definitely emotionally healthier. I was not in a very good place. Coffee. Yeah. Why don't you get that right on there? Mm-hmm. There's nothing to talk. What's a full cup right there? Maybe you better have that one. Coffee on the laptop. Is that good? It's on everything. <laughs> It's hoping to be a used paper towel down here. Yeah, no such luck. Maybe this is a good follow-up to that, maybe not. I don't know if I really answered the question, but you know, well, let me tell you uh, one other thing that has been good is we, we had, as a, as elders, we had slacked off on regularly meeting, and they started regularly meeting without me because they didn't want to, you know, it's like, hey, we've, if we, we're going to do, we got to work this together. Yeah. And so they started meeting without me. And when I came back to like, we've been meeting and we've been meeting as families, bringing our wives in for at least some of the meetings. And, um, we want to continue doing that. And so, um, we've done that with the exception of at least once a month with maybe only 
a month or two exception. In fact, we we're meeting again next Saturday, so I don't think we met in December. But it's been really good, helpful, and we don't always meet with our wives, but wives always bring a new element to things. And I don't think we discuss every piece of business with them, but I'd say probably most. We're not trying to hide anything. They're part of the family too, and there's really no secrets in this family. Probably help to have a rookie elder too to just inject that. Uh the new blood and maybe force their hand to meet a little more regularly to get yeah. him up to speed. He's actually really super good at that. He, um, Warner's and Tiffany both are just, um, they bring a lot, man. They just really are. It's been a very beneficial to have them on board. They're good thinkers. They're people, people, if that makes sense. You know, they, they really care about the body. They do. And man, you, you feel it in the meetings, you know, they don't want to do anything that's going to be, too much or not enough you know they, i think they, they're willing to push the body a little bit but they don't want to push too hard and it's good for people like me you're like let's just do it you know and they're like eh, maybe we shouldn't just do it so it's been good i remember it was the exactly the halfway point of the year when we had the week of morning prayer i didn't make it every time yeah the three times i was there all three of those guys were there and yeah. already in place and going at it by the time i got there that was a good, I forgot about that as well. That was another kind of a landmark moment in the year of 2019. Yeah. I mean, we could be talking about 2020 vision. Well, but it's good to, re- it's good yeah. to recall, so we got something to shoot for. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this now. Um, on one of the worst days of my life in 2019, you were with me, and um, you took off work to go with me. Any day, my this, friend. To this thing, and uh, it wasn't a good thing. And yeah. um, I remember after it was over, we went and got barbecue. Yeah. And uh, we were walking through the streets of Indianapolis, just kind of shooting the breeze. And you said something to the effect of, of all the pastoral things that I do, this is what I like to do. Like, I like to get a call and say, hey, Gene, will you help me put a dryer in? Or yeah. can you help me face my worst day of, of my life yeah. tomorrow? And um, you're... A an, a an open and vulnerable enough guy that we know that you don't love every part of what it means to lead a church. But I know that you have a love for people. The opportunities that you take, most pastors don't or wouldn't. But how much of that aspect is why you keep going, your love for people and your love for serving people and, and meeting needs? Um, probably all of it. I'm trying to think. I I told somebody, probably the elders, most likely. Uh-huh. I've been a little overly forward with them in the last year. Uh, you know, when you show up for a meeting in whatever it was, first part of January, and I'm like, um, hey man, either I take a sabbatical or I'm out of here. Yeah. And, um. They're like, well, when? I'm like, I'd, I'd start right now if you thought we could do it. And we immediately started making plans to what it would look like. And with un, just pinch over two weeks, it was happening, which it, need, it needed to. It should have happened probably the year prior. It was also a really short sabbatical, as sabbaticals go. Uh, not overly short. I mean, some, I feel like I've heard of longer. Eight, you, there are, but eight yeah. eight weeks is uh, would probably be the, the short side of an average okay. sabbatical. But, yes, yeah, some do go three months, four months. Yeah. And most happen about every seven years. Yeah. So if that's true, I was, I should have been in my second sabbatical right. by then. Uh, and of course, a lot of guys never have them. But you know, a lot of preachers have breakdowns too. 
But, you know, there was a season when I, uh, I'll get back to that question. There was a season when in the first seven years of current, I would just be amazed at people that were struggling in church life. I just couldn't understand what the big deal was. And then eventually we went through a couple of pretty trying things for me in the area of leadership at the church. And that, I'm like, okay, now I kind of get what they're talking about. And then you go hit a couple of more big deals like that. And then you hit a couple of major family things, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, it starts to build up and you'd only, I mean, you have some outlets, but I get, that's the thing I can figure is it must have just been a gradual buildup of weightiness. And uh, weightiness is kind of part of what you sign up for. I think it's like a counseling business, except for, you know, these people and yeah, you want to help people, but like, you really want to help them. Like you have a deep love for them because they are your family. So I started to say that I think it was probably elders that I said this to and I'm going to misquote it now, but there was two things. I said, if it wasn't for this and this, I probably would have been done a long time ago. And I think that the two things were, one was, if I didn't love people so much, and if I wasn't so afraid that the next guy would screw up everything I've worked for, I'd be gone. So there you have it. Yeah, I like it. And you know, the truth is, that shouldn't be an issue because whatever... Whoever, if you know, there's going to be a next person someday, either this church won't exist or there'll be a next person because I'm not going to live forever. And if the church body continues to, if it wants to continue on as is and continue as a body, as a growing biblical fellowship family, somebody at some point is going to take the leadership helm of this church. I mean, it could be this year, it could be in 20 years. But it, it, w- it will happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that you have to relinquish. And honestly, that's part of being mature. And I've made this thing. You know, whatever happens with it, I mean, me and Jesus put this together. So it is as, whatever it's jacked up, I mean, some of that's on me. You know, I mean, as leadership goes, so goes things. But that was, so you're saying, does how much of that keeps you going? Uh, probably all of it. The fact that I just, I just think and love these people. I love this family. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do, I love, I, I don't, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, do I really want to do that? But ultimately it's cool to be able to help out family and friends to go help somebody do some electrical things at their house or, yeah, I hope know, I, I didn't over advertise that. No, you're, hu- you're, hustle over and, uh, and, uh, pull another dime out of a garbage disposal or whatever it is. Or, Hey, you have a truck, meet me in Franklin. Oh, I mean, Franklin township. Oh yeah. Hang on. I'll try to name drop. Let's say cat's first day. I want to say it's Jer. Is it Jeremy? Jeremy Miller, he's the uh, uh, Chi Alpha guy at um, oh, the Butler. I'm spacing it. No. I have to look it up to see. I, you know me, I can't remember anything. No, it's not Butler because uh, Jeremy Coons took over at Butler. He's at uh, uh, oh U of U of Indy maybe, yeah. or what's the other one in um, on the South Side? Is that U of Indy? Yeah, I think that's where he is. He's a great guy. And he didn't know anything about the area. Like, he just moved right. here. He's like, oh, I'm in Franklin. You're in Franklin. He goes, Franklin Township. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no big deal, man. I'll be right there. You know, which is cool. Increases the round trip by about quadruple, yeah. at least. But it was cool. And, it, you know, we I made a friend. So even though I couldn't really remember his name. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, you're, you're doing manual labor now. Yeah. You're among the working force. So your nights and weekends need to be sacred on some level. So yeah. I, I'm not trying to throw that out there as a, hey, uh, Gene's a handyman on call. But um, no matter who you talk to, they, almost everybody has a story yep. that you came in and uh, did this for them. So, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's just being a friend. I, th- I mean, I think. Yeah. Paul and I have that discussion a lot. We're really, I'm really envious of people that have the ability to, uh, to give financially, that they feel 
led to give and they do. And some people are, you know, I think if you're financially blessed, you have a responsibility to care for those monies in such a way. And we're not not financially blessed, but it's not our probably not our greatest asset. So anyway, I told Paula, man, I wish we could just give that way. And she's all the time cranking me back. She's like, Gene, you go help people all the time. Uh, you're always doing this side or the other for somebody. And, you know, I'm always fixing somebody's britches or, you know, or cutting somebody's hair for free or, and, and, and she's right. It does happen, but it doesn't feel the same as, uh, you know, a missionary called or, you know, one of the people from our church needs a thousand bucks to go on a trip. And I'm just like, I'll give you a thousand. That's what I want to do. I want to go, I'll give you a thousand bucks, but you know, obviously I can't do that. And sometimes it's hard to give a hundred bucks, let alone a sure. thousand. I'd like to get your take on the, um, firing of the Franklin college president. Oh, just kidding. Has he been officially fired? I thought so. You know, here's the, the thing. I don't watch much local news. I try not to watch much news at all, mm-hmm. uh, other than what I would get maybe on social media a little bit here and there, which is usually national news. Yeah. But I knew it happened. Um, it's terrible. And my biggest, and I guess he's more or less confessed to some, you know, to whatever, to some of it. But um, because of where I've been in the last couple of years, I just want to say, you know, let's make sure it gets proven yeah. because accusations are everywhere I, I we have accusations against people in the highest levels of our government and to some people not we don't know probably never will but some people would say they're completely unfounded and some people say they're absolutely factually true and we really don't know all you can do is wait for the court and see what they say and even then it could be wrong but i'd rather wait for that than than condemn a guy because if, if it's not true his life and career are in the pooper already yeah, okay. i don't and i don't need to add to that so the Lord's helped me with that, because I used to probably be a jump on the bandwagon and burn him to the ground. So you are guy. more woke. I'm way more in this, woke. In this Me Too era, you, yeah. have, you have awakened. Seventh-day uh, slumber had a song called Finally Awake. That's mm-hmm. me. Finally awake. Well, yeah. What about this baseball cheating scandal? That I don't know anything Isn't about. Isn't that crazy? I do want to... We were talking about parts of the title of Frontman that you yeah. do and do not love. I feel like we ride this wave... With you, almost every week. Uh, <laughs> every week, I don't know how. Not every keep, week, Jeremy. But, how do you keep coming back when I keep <laughs> preaching the same old thing? That's, before you say this, I've got a before you're going to blast me on it. So I've, I've sat under a good handful of preachers in my day. Most of them, I've found, have a couple of things that they just they always land back on. I have a friend. I call him like the Holy Ghost preacher. He just always, you know, he might get off on something, but. Uh, you know, next week he's back on, man, we got to have the Holy Ghost, you know, and I feel like that's become me. I've become that guy that I know I've got two or three things. I'm like, that's, I can't get away from it. And it's not even intentional. I mean, so you were saying we ride this wave. Well, (laughs) not thematically, although if I were to pull out like your go-to themes, one would be, we need to be a house of prayer. One is walking in the power that is ours. I don't know what a third would be. I don't think you're that predictable. But as far as riding the wave of sometimes um, at the beginning of your preaching, you're oh. like, I, I don't have anything, so here we go. And then by the end, you're preaching, you're into it, you're feeling it, we're hearing from God. But then... <laughs> I'm like, that's but, all we got. But then your love for people wins out in the end. And so often you... I mean, you always pray over us and send us off. But so many times towards the end, you acknowledge that there are a lot of hurts among the people. Of all the of all my current pastors, mm-hmm. 
you do that <laughs> more effectively than, than the rest of them. And so many times that moment is the first time all week that I've acknowledged that, yeah, I'm hurting hmm. or yeah, that life whips you around for the week. And then you, to me, church is not a spectator sport. So you go to church to give, to serve. Yeah. And I feel like you have a way of acknowledging the unfairness of life, the various forms of pain that exist in that room, however many people may be in there at that point, and almost giving us permission at the very end of the, or I guess at the very beginning of the week, depending on how you look at it, to take that breath and to acknowledge our need for Jesus and to know that he's the only healer we have and to speak words of life over us. And then something Warner said when I had him in here is, you remember that feeling when you go to summer camp, come back and you think you can change the world or you can be a missionary or whatever? It's like, that's every week for me at Current. And I know what he means. And it's not some, I mean, every once in a while we'll get emotional, but it's not some kind of crazy emotional appeal. So my take is, and this is not a question, but my take is that you come in as a vessel and sometimes you feel empty. And you let God do a work during the course of it. And at the end, it's always good. Do you feel that? Most of the time. Most of the time I do. But that that hurting factor, that's because I hurt too. Uh And I don't like weekends usually. Because as soon as the the work week's over, I start thinking about, I got to preach Sunday. Yeah. And... I don't usually feel like I have much to say. I mean, you know me. I can talk. I got stuff to say. I don't really feel like I'm hearing. You know, I think as a preacher, we get raised up like you need to hear a word from the Lord. You get in certain circles and it's, I need a rhema word, you know, which rhema is like a a timely right now. I think that's probably Greek. I don't know. I didn't take, you know, you can go to Bible college and not have to take Greek, which I think is (laughs) awesome because it's already been translated into English. So why bother with the Greek? You know, um, but you get in circles where, you know, it has to be that. And, and I grew up in an era when it was God's got a word for you. And there's a lot of pressure with that. God's got a, you know, then you got to bring that word, you know, for the people. But then the, the end of it, you know, at Sunday night, I feel a little bit of a sense of relief that it's, that it's behind me, which every pastor, if they're honest, probably does. Most guys have that, they have that vibe on Saturday night. Saturday night, they're like stressed. They feel the pressure. You feel like, I don't feel like I have to ring the bell. Like, I don't feel pressure at current. Like, man, I, I really need to make sure I'm snappy and witty and all my stories are great. I don't feel that kind of pressure. Like, I think, or like this week needs to be better than last. I don't feel that. I just feel like that genuine, like, I want to give these folks something that's going to help them. That's going to give them lift. That's going to whether it's spiritually or emotionally or whatever, they're going to they're gonna feel like, I got something that needs to be done. The Lord has something he wants me to do, and I can do it. And in the midst of, I can do it in spite of my hurt, my personal hurt and my personal lows and my emotional things that I might be going through, I, I can still do it. That's not on me. That's on God to do that. But he's given, I'm going to be his voice, at least at that moment. I'm going to be, or whoever's preaching, typically be on Sunday nights. I'm going to be his voice for that moment. 
it's a lot of pressure. And then on Sunday night afterwards, you know, Paul and I run by Great Wall and get, get a Chinese combo, take home with us. That's our, I mean, a lot. Most Sunday nights, they know us in there. I'm like, you know what I want? Oh, you want uh, <laughs> Hunan chicken uh, combo? You know, they turn around, Taita combo. All I understand is the combo part. <laughs> they know what I want. And uh, the price went up. It was like sixteen fifty. And now it's uh, like seventeen twenty five. And worth the full 75 is cents. It? Oh, it's, it's great. It's a great combo. You're stuffed. Paula never can eat it all. Of course, <laughs> I can. And uh, so we're... But then, you know, I think I had this sense of relief. And, uh, man, I sure wish I didn't have to do that again next week. I haven't always felt that way. But the last probably two or three years, that's what I'm saying. You're not my counselor. Maybe I shouldn't be that honest. But the last two or three years, I kind of feel that way. But I, at the same time, love the people. I kind of love the responsibility. You know, I don't know. It's a it's a real weird place to be. I'm just glad I'm with family doing it. You know, and I'm glad I'm not dependent on my paycheck for it because that would really bite. To be doing something because I got to keep doing this because if not, the family won't get paid. The family won't eat. That's a terrible way to to do ministry, sure. and that, that's part of the reason why I'm glad I'm working. That takes some of the pressure off. Like, well, at least I don't have to feel guilty if I bring a crappy word. At least they don't have to feel like, well, they're paying me for it, you know. <laughs> Would there be a some sort of goal plan or vision to uh, to maybe get back to us supporting you? Well, we're gonna. Oh, I don't know. I don't even. I don't even think about it. Say at the time. And, I mean, I'm making I, more money now, so why start <laughs> thinking about that? Well, I, I think um, <laughs> at the time, I think you said something like it was not a. It was not a financial decision. Yeah, it wasn't. And Though all, there was financial strain, mm-hmm. but it certainly was not. You know, I think that we would have found a way, even if it maybe maybe meant cutting loose some of our missionaries or something. I think the elders were willing to go that route. I mean, it was getting pretty snug. So I can give you some real numbers if you know when I, because I just happened to look at the, the bank account today for a different purpose, but I stopped taking a salary in the middle of April. Mm-hmm. So how many months is that? Eight and a half. Yeah. And there's, uh, well, I guess it would be, that's about right. There's uh, $16,000 in our account right now. So if you divide that by eight, that's 2000 And I was getting paid a little bit more than that. So you can see, I mean, it just, the, the, it just doesn't balance out. It wasn't there. You know, and that's not a, it's not a monster salary, as you know. It's not... I'm happy. I, you know, the Lord made ways, and I was doing. I did side jobs, and Paula worked too. Well, she's not now. She's worthless. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Well, she, I hope she never works again in the day of her life. Really? But, but she will because she can't not. She, she's a go getter. She's a way harder worker than me. <laughs> Earlier, you were talking about the emotional place you're in compared to last year. Would it be to a bridge too far to say that working with your hands and having that other aspect of your life has been a part of that? It helps. Uh, you know, idle hands are the devil's playground. Oh. So uh, boredom is the you know, the devil will just destroy your mind when you're bored. You know, we know this. So you have to stay a little bit busy. And in pastoral life, especially with a small church, that isn't a program-based church, you know, so I'm not spending all my time trying to find people to lead the next program or, you know, I don't have to do the, nur- thank the Lord that, you know, there's ladies in the church that take care of the nursery schedule. They take care of the children's church schedule. I mean, I've never touched anything in that regard, 
but if I, if, you know, typically you would have a list of things and I'd be scheduling events and all that. So you take all those things out and what you have to do is visit people and read. And it's just not enough to keep me, I can't sustain myself like that. It's too much. So you got to go ride the motorcycle and you got to, got to do something. I got to find something to do with people or, and work is good. Working by myself is sometimes a struggle. If I have to do it too many days in a row, Mm -hmm. uh, it depends. I mean, if you're going to do work for an an individual and they're there and I get to converse with them and that feels good too, because it's another person I can share my life with and share, you know, if my life is Jesus. So if I'm sharing my life, I'm sharing Jesus with people. And I really like that. And I got a couple of really cool guys that I work with um, that are younger in the faith than me. So it's cool to get to sow into their life and they see the real me, you know, yeah. they hear, they hear me cracking your mom jokes and hitting your hand with the, the, uh, the hammer and you know, that comes out. That was February last year when I blew that sucker. I think it might've been right at sabbatical. Mm. I, man, I waylaid the bejeebers. It took six months for that thing to get back to even close to normal. Wow time it grew back out it was disgusting yeah good times <laughs> earlier we were talking about the burden of having a building and and um i know there are cleaning crews and no actually there's not cleaning crews <laughs> i mean cleaning uh, sign up sheet is what i should say yeah <laughs> sign up or die um whether it's something like raising up preachers which we found out we had some we knew that but you know, i'm the so, only church i know that has people in the church preach when mm-hmm. they're gone, or no matter while you're how there. big, or no matter matter how big the church yeah. is. When Craig asked me to do it, I'm like, oh, then Gene will be back the next week, and Craig's like, Gene's not. Gonna. I'm like, oh, he's gonna be there when I preach. Okay, um, it was awesome. Well, talking about that feeling of relief. I mean, imagine how I felt when that was finally over for me. Yeah. But you, you um, didn't seem like you were nervous at all. <laughs> I mean, you really didn't. And I thought you had just great content, way better content than me. Much easier to follow as I'm ramble along, right. much like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, a very good speaker. Jeremy will put uh, this together and make something <laughs> of it. But whether it's where you only have to preach three times a month or whether it's you never have to touch a toilet again or what if you had the opportunity to air any further grievances or i don't have or, any grievances uh, not grievance, but um, or you talked about the elders stepping up but what about the rest of us what do you think most hopefully most of us pray for you every day that could be a good exercise if not yeah no kidding what are some practical things, or maybe it is committing to more prayer times and becoming a people of prayer. What are some things you would still like to see, especially for the rest of us who are not quote unquote elders or in the ministry? Well, you know, we're all in the ministry. Yes. And, um, uh, like I said, it's been a couple of months since we had a elder meeting. So this one, we, we will get back to having someone, preaching other than me at least once a month that's something we've tried to do actually we've done that for many years true Um, i am the usual guy but we'll go maybe six months where i only preach three times a month and there was a season there i only preached two times a month and we had i had two other guys and it was overmeyer yeah it was jonathan and i think banta yeah and there might have been one more but i feel like it was like like it was like one of them and then me and then the other one of them and then me. That's what it was. We did that for about six months. Okay. So those guys were preaching once a month mm-hmm. and I was preaching twice a month. And, uh, you know, it was good for, I think it was good for them. It was sort of good for me. 
you can hear what other people are feeling about, you know, what God's saying to them in the body. And uh, both those guys at the time were um, aspiring to at least to be preachers or pastors more. Mm-hmm. So, but we have, you know, we have a lot of guys that are capable. I think even people that don't necessarily feel a call to preach still have something to say. Um, um, I, I see, I think Warner is very pastoral and I think he has a very, uh, I think he has a preaching gift. Daniel and Alicia are both uh, more than adequate speakers. Um, you know, I'm, I'm finding out from the ladies how many, just how talented and gifted of the Lord our ladies are. Um, you know, uh, even some of my, you know, my niece, my Michael is, has said some amazing things. Everybody does. I'm amazed what mm-hmm. the people in our body, when given the opportunity, mm-hmm. what they say. So I'm not answer, fully answering the question. I think we'll get back to the preaching thing. Mm-hmm. I think that praying together is, is always a good idea. Prayer's hard. It's a hard, probably the hardest thing that I think that, that we're, for me, I think it's a very hard thing that the Lord's asked us to do. We Even though, not because we run out of words, but just, I think, just getting in the rhythm of being a praying person. Um, and it can look so many different ways. I would, I say it's important to be a, a people of prayer. I would like to see us praying together. Probably what we need to make that happen, and this would be something I'm not very good at, but be maybe putting together a either a topic or at least a list of things that we could pray together. So when we do come together, we can maybe blast up on the screen a PowerPoint, you know, we're going to pray whatever. Maybe it's for someone or maybe it's for healing and we maybe pop up scriptures and we pray those scriptures, maybe have someone that kind of do like a guided prayer sort of thing or someone that leads us through that. I think that would be be helpful. I think we could do something like that once a month easily. I think that could be something we could do as maybe even part of our all together Sundays, which I think we'll keep going. Mm-hmm. I think we'll keep doing all together Sundays. I, I think that would be a great, and maybe instead of doing a meal every all together, we could do a meal or maybe do prayer or maybe do them both. Um, I would love to see us be a church that gives the same amount of time to prayer that we do worship and, the, and preaching. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Or to come in and say, we're going to do an hour service and do our hour 20 and eat. And then when we're done do 15 minutes of worship, 15 minutes of prayer, or maybe five minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of preaching, and another 10 minutes of prayer just to close out that. That would be a great thing. I love the idea of turning up the the turning up the, the status quo with, with church because we don't really have a good picture in Scripture of what the gathered church looked like. There's not a hard and fast. I'll tell you what it's not. It's, it's not one guy preaching. There's no way. Um, I think that's a part of it, but there's no way that's the only thing. It's just not listed that way as a, as a, in my opinion, I, I love sitting around like this. I, the, I love that our church has the small group vibe, even when there's, hasn't been this way lately, but when there's a hundred people in the room, it's still kind of an open format. And I mean, we have guests come in and they don't know what to do with that, <laughs> yeah. but they recognize there's something really special there. Yeah. Like, man, like what happened, you know, because we know that God can give insight to people. And I think sometimes what happens there is, just about as prophetic as, as a, you know, almost as much thus saith the Lord as anything is, you know. When someone says, I'm, I'm thinking this, or Sunday Daniel brought some clarity about that, and I thought that's really good because what I didn't, I never intended for people to think, you know, unless you're the one discipling people from salvation all right. the way to the grave, you know, I didn't mean that. 
I, but I mean, we do need to be intentional, but the idea of doing it together, not all by ourselves, super true. So it's very Hillary Clinton of him. Was it very, Just, it's a build a village, <laughs> takes a village. It takes a church. See, I would agree with that. It does take a no, church. Yeah, it does. Clearly it does. Yeah. I, I wrestle with the whole, did you say wrestle? I wrestle with the, the whole, um, chairs pointed at one guy yeah. thing because, uh, I'm American and it's 2020 and that's all I've ever known in church. Yeah. But we do it. It's different. It is give and take. It is yeah. enriching. There's a maturity building with the way we do it. And so I, I don't struggle with that. I, I don't struggle with using the formula of music sung in English, man stands, right. chairs pointed one way. Right. Because That's it's, all we not, know. it's not top. Well, I don't struggle oh, it's with, not top with down. the way we do it. It's not yeah. top down. It's not heavy handed. It's not. Yeah. You're not on some kind of pedestal. I mean, you don't even stand on the stage. It's so, so far away, so, man. Sometimes you sit down. But in the last 10 years, I've wrestled with all kinds of stuff as to what are we doing as mm-hmm. the American church and what's it supposed to look like. Yeah. But when I'm at current, it feels inspired, authentic, that God's using it, that he's working in it. And so I refuse to carry any condemnation because yeah. we have our chairs pointed one way and we have yeah. one main speaker. Yeah, that's my. No, I think it's good. I think one of the takeaways for this year has been, it's strange how you meet people. So, about two years ago, um, still working with the church, but uh, Paula had a client that who had a mother and dad who needed uh, some work done at their house. They needed a tub replaced. A little big job for me, but um, she didn't want to know if I would consider doing it. So I went and looked at it, bid the job. I was there, you know, they're. Yeah, they were older, about my parents' age, a little bit younger. And uh, the wife was there most of the time cooking, you know, and doing her thing while I'm uh, working on the house. And usually I'm there when the husband gets home. Uh, just, you know, he'd get home about four shortly thereafter I was leaving. And so I was there for three days. Didn't talk to him much the whole time. I did talk to the wife quite a bit. And uh, that was it. You know, I, um didn't have any other contact with them. They liked my work on the tub, and, and he and he came home one day and said, you know, I've got these two toilets and two <laughs> faucets I really like put in, too. Could you do that while you're here? And I said, well, I, I suppose I could. Here's what I'd charge you to do it. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Just do it. So, uh, you know, they treated me good. I was It was uh, super fair, and they're really easy to work for. And um, a year goes by, and uh, Paula quits doing hair, and... I think had that happened yet? Maybe that hadn't happened yet, but the same client uh, says, uh, my mom passed away, and we're wondering if Gene would do the funeral. Wow. And so now I find myself doing one of those things I'm not a big fan of doing as a pastor, yeah. especially for people I don't know very well. I mean, if somebody's part of the family, it's yeah. an honor, yeah. um, a privilege, but when it's someone from that you don't know very well, sometimes it can be difficult. Uh, but I did it, and um, you know the husband was very um, grateful. And uh, his daughter was saying, you know, uh, would call me every once in a while. Could you get a hold of Dad? You know, he's really struggling. He, you know, I wish he'd go to church. Maybe come by and go to your church sometime. And a few months went by, and uh, he eventually showed up, and it was our friend Les. Yeah. And um, so where am I going with that story? Well, Les came into the parking lot the week before, but didn't come inside. Turned around, went back home. Really? Yeah. 
he, you know, it's he's by himself. Yeah. He only really knows me and not very well. And sometimes it's hard to get to the pastor because it seems like everybody wants a little pinch of the pastor, even a small <laughs> church like ours, which I love. I thrive on it, right? I'm like, yeah, touch everybody. So that's cool. Just touch them. Uh, I get the, I get the, uh, that's the fees limit coming out. You know, we, we'll spread ourselves real thin when it comes to party life because yeah. we want to, we want to get a touch on everybody. And uh, you can see that in, in Big E. That's, you know, that's where oh, yeah. I get that from. I get it super honest. Big E's the only guy who can kiss me, by the way. Yeah, well, and you feel like he should almost. Sometimes. Oh, I probably deserve that. <laughs> kiss you on the cheek or slap you on the cheek, one of the two. And you probably got either one of that's them coming. Um, so, uh, but here's the interesting part. Well, a lot, interesting, but less. less. During that time, not because of anything I said, but he basically made a recommitment to the Lord. Him and his wife were not churchgoers. They, you know, he by his own admission, they loved Jesus. She wasn't really super able to get out a lot, but um, they didn't raise their kids in church. But they, he felt like he knew the Lord. But now he's serving the Lord in a way that he really never has before. Yeah. And he said to me, um, he felt like he wasn't going to church enough. Like he needed more. Like I just want more of this Jesus thing. So where should I go? So. Uh, I said, there's a lot of great churches, you know, just, you know, pick one. I, and I said, here, I know these people, and these people, you know, go wherever, go join them. And uh, he did two or three, maybe four weeks. He went to different churches. He's like, Gene, I just, I don't feel like I fit in. It doesn't feel right there. Like I, it's, it doesn't feel like home. I don't feel accepted like I do here. And to me, that whole thing is, seems strange because well, I know that churches work really hard to make visitors feel welcome. I know they do. Even name tags sometimes. Even name tags or whatever. But he didn't feel at, at home. And I don't think we went out of our way to make him feel at home. You know, old boy came in and sat in the back row the first five or six times, you know. Um, I introduced him to a couple people. Yeah. My thought when somebody like Les comes in at whatever, he's late, later 60s, I'm like, this guy's never going to stick around. It's crazy loud here. I say things that are inappropriate. No one understands so me. So you do know that. Oh, yeah. I say things that are... But I don't, I don't... It's too late. They're already out of my mouth before I realize I've said it. So... And Les says, I feel like this is home. This is where I want to be. Mm. And he's already jumping on the... Yeah. You know, the, the bandwagon, if you will. And he's moved from the back row to the second row. Not piano side, but still second row. We don't have a piano. Anyway. It wouldn't be piano side, though. No, a piano would always be on the other side. Yeah. Um, that gives me lift. Um, I'd be lying to say otherwise. I mean, to know that somebody, um, I mean, every church would rather have a bunch of 25-year-old people come into their church because it seems like so much more life, but he's bringing life, yeah. man. Um, and it's changing him. And the truth is, one of these days, I, th- I think that, you know, his kids are going to have a, an eye-opening. They're going to have an awakening to what Jesus is doing in, in his life, and they're going to want the Jesus he has, yeah. not just a, a fringe Jesus, and maybe they'll end up at current, or maybe not. Yeah. But at least they'll be in the family. And man, if that's not what it's about, right? And getting there. I mean, I get to help this guy in the latter years of his life get deep with Jesus, and not just me. Everybody. I mean, when he's out there, people ask me, where's Les at? And he asked me, where's so-and-so? <laughs> I'm like, man, how do you know these people already, right? That's really exciting. Um, I'd love to, if we could do that every single week, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be really exciting. Um but it's the Lord that builds the house, and sometimes it happens with people you love on at work, and sometimes it happens because you were you went and did a funeral. Yeah. But God has a way of working out in anything. Thank goodness. Yeah. 
So how's that? That's a good closing story. I, If you don't mind, as we wrap it up, restating the 2020 visions and goals. Yes, let me get right on that. Okay. I'll tell you what I don't want to do in 2020, Jeremy. I don't want to do more of the same. You know, I don't want to do more of the same when it comes to 2020. I don't want to keep digging in the same hole and expecting something to change. But I don't want to do anything unless Jesus leads us into it. Yeah. And uh, that's the most difficult part, I think, just hearing from the Lord. And until I hear something that says, this is what I want you to do. I'm just going to keep doing the things that I know he's called us to, which is living out our walks. Same thing I say. That's the dead horse I keep beating, I feel like. It's probably worth it. Man, well, I hope so. Love this family, man. One of the things that's not the same, because we've never done it before, is right. anointing everybody in the entire room with essential oils. Yeah, essentials. So, hey, we're not digging in the same hole. Can confirm. <laughs> We did lay hands on a towel Sunday, though. It's biblical. Uh, oh, yeah. Felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pray for the Palmers. Yeah. When you think of it. Thanks, Gene. My pleasure, my friend. Love you. Love you, too. You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand. Imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.